Well, for the last few weeks and for today and one more week, we've been looking at the membership vows that people are invited to take when they become members of the United Methodist Church. And so for those of you who've made those, who have made those vows or those of you who are considering those vows, we've spent some time thinking about uh, committing ourselves to faithfully support the ministries of the church with our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. And I've done them a little bit out of order, uh, just so that you wouldn't know what I was preaching about next. It's a little sick preacher humor, I guess. But uh, today uh, we're doing witness, and then we'll finish up next week with prayers. And so I'm so thankful for your presence and participation these last several weeks. Um, just before, as a uh, Reverend Martha alluded to when she read the scripture this morning, there's some things happening just before the text today that I thought would be helpful for us as we began to consider how we might support the church with our witness. If you go back to the very beginning of chapter 24, it's the resurrection narrative where uh, Mary goes, Mary and the women go to the tomb and and there they find these two uh, angels telling them that no one is there and they're frightened, but then what do the women do? The women go back and are witnesses to what they have seen and heard to the disciples. And the disciples or the apostles, the, the core 11, they didn't believe them. And so we're told that Peter then runs all the way to the empty tomb after he's heard about the witness of these women, of the resurrected Christ, and he looks into the tomb, and then he goes home. <laughs> so the women were witnesses to what they'd seen, but when Peter gets to the tomb, and he sees that the tomb is empty, the text says that he goes home. All of that happened on Easter Sunday morning. Then on Easter afternoon... The story picks up a little bit later. There are these two people that are on their way, a seven-mile journey from Jerusalem back to Emmaus. And we're told that they are talking about, they are witnessing to each other about everything that they had seen and heard. And then all of a sudden, this mysterious person joins them in the walk. And person asked them, What's, what are you talking about? And, and they say, well, we're talking about everything that we've seen and heard that happened in Jerusalem today. And then this mysterious person that we know was Jesus began to talk to them about the scriptures and about how what had happened had fulfilled scripture. But the two people walking with Jesus didn't recognize him for who he was. It was only when they got to Emmaus that they invited this mysterious person to stay and break bread with them. It was in the breaking of bread around table where those two people realized that this was none other than Jesus Christ. And after they had experienced this uh, encounter with the risen Christ, they immediately uh, get back on the road. They walk the seven miles back from Emmaus to Jerusalem. They find the 11 apostles 
and they witness to what they have seen and heard again. They are witnesses. Well, that's where we come to our scripture lesson today. Um, They are now back in that room and Jesus appears to the rest of them. And I don't know if you've ever thought about what your last words might be. If you, if you had an idea of what, what your last words before you drew your last breath would be, if you knew when that time would come, what, what would you say? Uh, for me, I, will, I would say, I told you I was sick. <laughs> I told you I was sick. That would be my last word. I don't know what your last words are, but Jesus knowing that he is about to ascend into heaven, he's got his core group of faithful followers, the 11 apostles that remain there, and he's, he's about to leave them and ascend to the Father in heaven. And, but what does he do? He's got some last words for them. And he says, you are to be my witnesses. You are to be my witnesses. Now, you've already heard it with uh, uh, Nancy's, Miss Nancy's children's sermon, What Do Witnesses Do? Witnesses testify to what they've seen or what they've heard. And so Jesus is telling those followers of his, you need to tell others about the experience that you've had with me. If you've ever watched any of those court cases, those court TV shows or whatever you know that sometimes, or if you've ever been involved in a trial, they'll bring in an expert witness. An expert witness is someone who, is, who is, has an authority in a particular field or area. And Jesus is saying to these people who've spent more time with Jesus than anyone else, I want you to be my witnesses. You are an authority on what you have seen and experienced and heard from me. I want you to go share about my ministry. I want you to go share about my miracles. I want you to go share about my healings. I want you to go share about my grace. I want you to go share about my death. I want you to go share about my resurrection. I want you to be my witnesses. But you're saying... Miss Nancy, I was not there 400 years ago when they came over here to the new world, to to what was then the new world, Um, and we weren't here when Jesus was walking the earth. But if you notice, a lot of times for my closing benediction, I will say, remember that the one who came still comes, and that the one who spoke still speaks. And so you and I are invited to be witnesses to the way that we have uh, experienced Christ who continues to live and work among us. We are to be Christ's witnesses. And you may say, well, I'm not an expert witness in that. And I would just say to you, well, if you're not an expert in that, join the club. Neither am I. But there are things that we can do to gain a better understanding. There are things that we can do to learn more about who God is and who God is calling us to be. And the good news is that Jesus promised the apostles in the text today 
that if they would just wait a little bit, that he would give them power to do what he had asked them to do. And I believe that that power is available to me and you just as much as it was to those apostles that we've read about in the story today. So I'd just like to ask you this morning, why should we witness? Why should we witness? Well, I guess the first reason would be because Jesus said to. If we want to be obedient to Christ, Jesus said it, so we ought to do it. Maybe you're better at that than I am, but it drives me crazy when somebody tells me, you've got to do this. And, you know, I'm, I'm inclined not to do it just because somebody's trying to make me do it, right? Now, I don't know if Jesus told me to do it, if I would be so bold as to say that, but maybe, maybe obedience alone is not the right reason to be a witness. And so I looked in the scripture in this passage, and I see that there's another uh, reason why we might consider being witnesses is because there's a blessing to be received. A blessing to be received. Because after Jesus sent them, after Jesus told them to be his witnesses, the text says that Jesus blessed them. And what I think happens here as it relates to the blessing that comes from being a witness is that not only does it bless us to be able to speak about our experiences with God, but it also blesses others when we share about our experiences with God. But the problem is that we've lost, um, we've forgotten how to witness you know, there was a time in our culture and in our world where Christianity was the dominant religion, at least in the Western world. And so everybody we knew were people of faith. Everybody we knew, even if they didn't go to church every single Sunday, were a part of a faith community. But that's not the case anymore. Church used to be normal, and it used to be expected that everyone would go. And now if you go to church, you're abnormal? I don't know. Um, there are a lot of our friends and colleagues that we work with, that we go to school with, that, that don't go to church anymore. And um, I know it would never happen because you're going to always be here at 8.30 in the morning, but if you were not here this morning and you were riding around Murfreesboro, um, you would find that there are a lot of people in our community that aren't going to church anywhere. And so um, we've forgotten how to witness, and there are lots of opportunities to witness to what we've seen God do, how we've seen God and experienced God in our own lives. And then there's another problem. Our culture tells us that we shouldn't witness, that we shouldn't witness, that faith is private. You don't bring up faith. You don't talk about faith. You don't talk about uh, politics, there are just certain things as you sit down at the Thanksgiving table this week, you better not bring up or else you might end up in, in a world war around your uh, Thanksgiving table. I would suggest to you that faith uh, is not meant to be private, but it is personal. And so... Um, you can share about your faith, your personal faith, 
in a way that is non-threatening, in a way that's not trying to manipulate or coerce someone else, but you can testify to what you've seen God do and be for you as you've walked your Christian journey. Your faith should be personal, but I don't think your faith should be private. There are opportunities, there are ways that you can communicate what God has done in your life, what you've seen and experienced about Christ with others. And the final problem that I'd lift up this morning is that we've forgotten that there is this power available to us. You don't have to have all the answers. You can say to someone who asks you a question about faith, you know, I really don't know, but I'll ask Jim Clardy next week and he'll know, right? It's okay if you don't know the answers. It's okay to say, you know what, that's a great question. I haven't thought about it. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to talk to some spiritual leaders and friends that I know, and I'll come back and I'll give you uh, my best take on the answer. We have this power available to us. Jesus promised it to the apostles, and Jesus promises it to us. Our job at the end of the day when we're witnessing for Christ is not to convince. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Our job is just to present. This is what God has done in my life. This is how my life has been positively impacted because of what I've seen Christ say and do. May we be faithful witnesses.